What's up everybody, Carl Rootman here, back with another episode of the Tugs Village Podcast. So recently, oh it's actually so embarrassing to tell you about, recently um, all my social media accounts were hacked, by all I mean my Instagram and my Facebook because that's the only social media that I use. So some Russian dude managed to hack into my Facebook account and go and create a business account and then post ads on this business account. And all these ads were advocating for Russian efforts in the war in the Ukraine. So I just want to put it out there. If you've seen these ads and you've seen my name, it, I, I'm not an advocate for Russian in this war. I do not agree with, they, with, with what they're doing. Um, I just need to caveat that quickly. Um, so Facebook, I only found out about this after Facebook sent me an email saying, Hey, um, this ad isn't okay. You can't really be doing this sort of things. So we're going to take it down. But also, we still want to be paid for this ad. So that that kind of scared me a little bit. A, a bit more than a little bit. So I email Facebook, I make a whole lot of calls, and eventually get the whole thing resolved, the ad's deleted. Um, I just got really uncomfortable with the whole thing and just deleted my Instagram and Facebook accounts. Like, those things no longer exist. And unless these hackers have, like, spammed the undo button, um, those accounts should be gone. I shouldn't have... A presence on Instagram or Facebook. Let's cross fingers. Google it for me, guys. Go go search my name. Um, let's see if I'm still there. And if I am, let me know. Um, but now, why am I actually telling you about my little predicaments? So I had not really like listened to the news. I didn't know what the impact of this war was on the rest of the world or like the people in the Ukraine. So like everyone who's just had their privacy breached. I went and read up more about this war. So I actually don't know if it was a good or a bad thing that I went and read up about this because I saw horrible, horrible images of just destroyed cities, broken homes, and so much pain. Um, I actually think I think it would be a great thing if you have got spare time in this recess, go and like read up a little bit, go look at the pictures. It's it's really intense actually. So in one of these pictures, I saw this dude, he's busy helping out, give, administering some injections, something to some people who were from the Ukraine, and he had this little logo on his vest, and I knew the logo, but for the life of me, I could not place it. So, like I do, I did more research, and I pulled out my phone, went to Google Lens, and I, I scanned the thing. And, <laughs> yeah, no, um, I just want to caveat that I, I do a lot of research it's also because I'm in recess right now so I've got way too much time on my hands and I definitely it definitely wasn't during the semester and there was this whole huge accounting assignment that I had to do and I definitely wasn't putting off journal entries nah I'm a diligent student I would never so from my research I saw that this little logo was the Doctors Without Borders logo and like I knew who they were I just didn't know what they did. So I went and I, I Googled them. It's like, so let me tell you what I found in my Googling. So Doctors Without Borders is a French organization. And I actually want to read that read what the website said. It's 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 really interesting to me. So it's a French organization with a mission to provide impartial medical relief to victims of war, disease, and natural or man-made disaster without regard to race, religion, or political affiliation. 
I think in my mind that's just amazing because that's exactly like what the world needs and I'm amazed that someone actually started this organization like that's the part that blows my mind the most that someone decided to go and do this um so they op- they've operated in more than 70 countries around the world they've helped 11 million people simply by like setting up hospitals providing medical assistance uh, assistance and providing treatments for whatever they need and this is by a small team of oh, i say a small team it's 45,000 people but when you're helping 11 million that is a very small team um, so it's actually a really, really large organization. Like they operate across the world, and forty-five thousand people is a lot of people. Um, yes, they help more, but it's it's still a huge organization. And it just got me wondering: like, does South Africa have anything like this? I don't. So we don't really, at least from what I've seen, we don't have huge organizations like um, Doctors Without Borders. But we have got roughly a hundred thousand registered nonprofit organizations, and that that's a, that blows my mind. A hundred thousand. There's like things from children's homes, old age homes, soup kitchens, and probably like a hundred other types of organizations that I couldn't even think of. Um, and yeah, no, it's like the amount of organizations that there are just out there to serve people is insane. And I hope you like starting to see like a bit of a theme developing here, theme that I'm trying to force, it's just the idea of serving others. And this whole thing stems from a quote that I read the other day, and I'm going to read the quote here for you. There can be no greater gift than giving one's time and energy to helping others without expecting anything in return. This powerful quote comes from Nelson Mandela and he just gives us an idea of how we should serve. So he goes on about about emphasizing the fact that we don't need to be giving money or tangible things. We just need to be giving our time and our energy. That's sufficient. And he also emphasizes the fact that you only really get satisfaction from serving when you don't expect anything in return. Now, I'm sure everyone knows who Nelson Mandela is, but I'm not entirely convinced everyone fully knows what Mandela did. So I'm going to give you like a very short rundown. So Mandela dedicated his entire life to fighting for equality in South Africa. The work that he did played a major role in bringing the end to apartheid. Apartheid was this very racist system that segregated the different ethnic groups, as well as unfairly suppressing non-white citizens of the country. Um, so it's, the work that Mandela did led to, almost directly led to the fall of apartheid. And this is a very, very short version of what Mandela did, because I need several episodes to try and give you a fair representation of what he did but just know he was directly involved in the end of apartheid um so following the fall of apartheid mandela became the first president of south africa that was elected under true democracy by true democracy i mean every citizen of the country that was over the age of 18 had the right to vote There was no one excluded anymore. And then Mandela became president, first black president of South Africa, and he served tirelessly in this role. He then decided to retire from politics in 1999, but remained an advocate for peace and social justice for the rest of his life. 
By the time Mandela passed in 2013, he had dedicated 67 years of his life to fighting for social justice. So now, in 2010, the United Nations did something amazing. They declared the 18th of July, which is Mandela's birthday by the way, that it's going to be International Mandela Day, just to honour the great Nelson Mandela and all that he did for social justice in his lifetime. So they, they called everyone across the world to spend 67 minutes of their day on the 18th of July just helping others, serving others. Now, I've, I, in my research, I found so many cool stories about just things that people did on Nelson Mandela Day. And I thought I would share just some of the most wholesome ones that I've found. Um, so there's this foundation called the Nelson Mandela Foundation that works in South Africa. They work tirelessly throughout the year. But every Mandela Day, they just do this little bit extra. So this year they're collecting essentials to help those who were displaced during the devastating Kazanian floods that happened not that long ago. But in the past they've done things like donating libraries to underprivileged schools or PPE equipment just to help schools get back to learning during the height of the COVID pandemic. It's, it's really amazing work that they do and I highly, highly recommend that you go to the news section of their website just to see some of the amazing stories. So back in 2021, South Africa experienced civil unrest, looting and riots, starting here like on the 18th of July and only calming down somewhere around the 16th. Like it carried on a little bit longer, but around the 16th is when it started to calm down. In the chaos, 212 people lost their lives. Businesses were destroyed. Thousands of establishments were looted. And as it seems, Mandela Day came at just the right time. As people spent the day helping to clean up the mess, rebuild businesses, and just show solidarity. People spent the entire day, far more than their 67 minutes, just serving the community and helping others. Oh, this is one of my, my favorite stories. I, I this, this made me happy when I was doing research. Back into, also in 2021 actually, a charity organization called Chefs with Compassion set out on a mission to cook 67,000 liters of soup for 268,000 people in need. So the hashtag 67 minutes, 67,000 liters campaign, sorry, hashtag 67 minutes is um, what's on Twitter for Mandela Day. The hashtag 67,000 liters campaign was taken up in homes, culinary schools, and restaurants across the country. There were more than 270 people taking part in the movement. In the end, the movement smashed its goals. They ended up making 70,897 liters of soup. The soup was then distributed to those who no fault of their own had faced the daily desperation that's hunger. So these are just like a few stories of what individuals and organizations have done in the past. But what about you? What can you do this Mandela Day? There really are no limitations. You're only limited by your imagination. You can volunteer at soup kitchens or children's homes. You can also go play board games at your local retirement home. I will just mention that they're probably going to beat you at Rummy and you just need to accept the fact. <laughs> you can also help your elderly neighbor with like a chore or an errand. Just don't tell them that I, I called them elderly. 
I, I, I don't want them coming after me. <laughs> um, you can also, if you just can't spare any time because you're prepping for tests or exams or something like that, I think it, there's still um, exams going on. I think some universities are still busy. I think, don't, don't hold me against that. But if you really can't spare the time, what about making a donation to a local charity of your choice? Please, no one is forcing you to make a big donation. Only donate what you can. Um, if none of this seems appealing to you, what about something little, like just picking up and throwing away every piece of litter you see during during the day? It's little things make the big difference. But what about Tig's Village? What is Tig's Village doing this year? So, we're running our annual Mandela Day drive. Uh, we challenged the villagers to do 6,700 push-ups in 67 minutes. And if this goal is achieved, Tig's Village will be donating 5,000 Rand to the Guide, Do- Guide Dogs Association of South Africa. I really hope to see all the villagers there. It's going to be an amazing event. So just to conclude, positive change is the gift that Mandela left for all of us. And the best way that we can honor him and honor his legacy is by taking up this challenge to spread social justice and freedom for all. It's your chance to make the difference in the lives of others. So my challenge to you in this episode is go out and do something this Mandela day. Let's go make a difference. Thanks for listening. I'll check you next time on the Tix Village Podcast.